Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys, welcome back to a fresh episode of The Wake Up Call. Over the last few days, I've received a couple messages and had a few conversations uh, to get some discussion and a bit of help with regards to strength training and talking a little bit more about how to build strength and gauge progress in the gym. So that's what I thought I'd talk to you guys about today and hopefully make sense of this aspect for you. Now, this is something I see a lot of people make the unfortunate mistake of not tracking their progress whenever they go into the gym. Now, I'm not talking about a Zumba class, a Les Mills pump or body attack class or anything like that. I'm talking about when you are performing strength training, when you're going into the gym to go and lift weights, okay? And you can do this for cardio as well, but today I wanna talk specifically about strength training, all right? So there's a lot of different ways to accomplish the goal here. And the goal being building strength and developing muscle mass. So when I say that, Ladies, if you're listening, I'm not talking about looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or a bodybuilder, okay? That's actually incredibly difficult to do, first and foremost. So I do wanna just preface this podcast and say, lifting weights will not make you bulky. It's actually incredibly, incredibly hard, especially for ladies. It takes a lot longer than you realize. It's almost the same as saying, when you have a driver's license, I don't wanna drive too fast because then I'll become a Formula One race car driver. It doesn't happen that way, I'm sorry. So what I'm talking about, getting strong, building your body and your physique, okay? And this is what we're gonna do. There's a couple different ways we can build strength, and I wanna go through those, but there's only really one principle that you need to remember here. So the main objective and the one principle that I want you to remember and burn into your brain for whenever you go and lift your weights, whenever you go and do your strength training is this, the progressive overload principle. This is where you make some part of your training session more challenging than the previous one, okay? So I'm not talking about going from level one to level 10 in one go. I'm talking about just slowly working you through through the steps, through the gears, if you will, over time. You're just progressively increasing the difficulty of your training. So the next question that I regularly get is, does this get easier? No. Strength training doesn't, or at least it shouldn't get easier over time, but what happens is you get better. You get stronger. Your body becomes more efficient, more adaptable. You can handle a heavier weight. You can handle a higher workload. So if you want things to be easy, uh, go and take up knitting. That's probably gonna be more up your alley. I don't wanna do knitting. I actually enjoy strength training. I enjoy the process of lifting weights and what it does for my body. So I'm not looking for things to be easy. I actually want a challenge. I want something to be quite tough, quite physically demanding, because I know that if it's going to be physically demanding, that is going to help me improve. It's going to help me build strength and it's gonna change my body and it's gonna help me look and feel the way that I wanna feel and the way I wanna look. All right, so that's what you need to understand. Progressive overload principle, making some part or aspect of your training more challenging than the last one over time. That's what we're looking for. So 
This is why you cannot keep repeating the same routine over and over again. And this is something I saw for years when I was working in rec centers and commercial gyms is people were just just the regulars, the regular Jane and Joe would rock up and they would just do the same thing. It was literally like Groundhog Day for these people. They would rock up, they would put their gym bag away and they'd start, they'd go on the treadmill, they'd get warm, they'd do their warm-up routine, they'd do a few stretches and they go through the exact same series of exercises. It was literally like I was putting on a DVD and I was pressing play every single day. It was the same DVD repeating itself over and over again. It was the same speed, it was the same volume, it was the same cadence, the same characters. So this is basically what would happen for months and years on end. I specifically remember one individual, this is many years ago, for his age, he was an older gentleman, he is actually a really good athlete. He, he did master's athletics, and he would come and he would actually train pretty hard, like harder than most people you'd see in the gym. But anyway, I went up to him, this is numerous times, I was just like, hey, I just want, I, I want to show you something. I think you could get a lot out of it. I think it could help your athletics. I think you could improve your strength and your mobility. What do you think? And he'd be like, yeah, sure, show me. So I'd show him some squats, or I'd show him how he could improve or clean up his technique a little bit. And then I'd see him the next day, and he'd be back to his old routine. And I would keep trying to be like, hey, just try this, or you know, I've got a bit of advice for you. Are you open to hear that? And be like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me, what can I do? And every single time I'd see this guy, he'd be doing the same, the exact same fucking routine. Years upon years, the same exact routine, never getting out of his comfort zone, never stepping outside of his norm of what his routine was. And this is why, unfortunately, he looked the same. He didn't change his body. He never got any stronger. His technique still sucked. Okay? And like I said, he was actually in decent condition. He, he looked okay. He functioned pretty well. He still competed in Masters Athletics. But what I'm trying to say is, you cannot keep doing the same routine over and over again and expect a different or better outcome. That's like, it's, 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 it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's not gonna happen. So here are a few ways that you can, and you should, use to help progress. You can increase the load that you lift. So that's the weight you're lifting. So again, I've touched on this a few times. At some point in time, you're going to have to step away from those cute one, two, three, four, or five kilo dumbbells. And you're going to have to make that step to six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 kilos. Or if you're already there, you're going to have to make the leap from 10 to 12 and a half kilograms. Okay? And that, that particular junction right there, going from 10 to 12 and a half kilos, can be quite scary, can be quite intimidating. And then the, the question I always get asked regularly is a running joke with my clients and I is, where's the 11 kilo dumbbells? They're still on back order. <laughs> They've been on order forever and ever. There are no 11 kilo dumbbells. If you find some, please let me know. I'd, I'd actually be really intrigued to see if they exist. But as far as I'm aware, 11 kilo dumbbells don't exist. So at some point in time, if you are stuck on 10 kilos, you are going to have to make the leap to those 12 and a half kilos, as an example, okay? So you can increase the load you lift. That's one way, that is one mechanism, that is one way you can progress, okay? There's the progressive overload principle right there. Increase the weight you lift. Another way you can progress is by increasing the volume. So what is volume? Volume is the total number of repetitions you perform. So this can easily be calculated 
by sets times reps. So let's say, for example, you're doing uh, squats. Let's say squats are your first exercise. You do three sets of 10 squats, just a nice, easy round number to work with. Three sets of 10. If we go three sets, 10 reps, times multiply the two, three times 10, 30. That is your volume of squats. If we wanted to progress you, we would say, hey, one way we can do this is go, instead of doing 10, try 12. Three times 12 is 36. That is a higher volume than three sets of 10. So you can see how that works. You're doing a little bit more, you're placing a higher demand and a higher workload on the legs by performing more reps. Another way you can improve and use the progressive overload principle is to decrease your rest periods. And I encourage you, if you don't currently time or record your rest periods, I would encourage you to do so. So what I find is people are either on two sides of this spectrum. On the left, you have the people who don't time the rest periods at all. And these are the people who just like to do a circuit, get smashed, get sweaty, feel like they've been running to the ground and get out. These are the type of people who pride themselves on doing the most amount of work. It doesn't have to be quality work, but it's just getting shit done. I do squats and then I run over here and I do some knee push-ups and then I run over here and I do the chest press machine and then I run over here and I do the, the lat pull down. That's ridiculous. You're not going to build any strength. You're not going to develop muscle by just running around doing a heap of different exercises. Okay, it's like trying to throw shit at the wall to see if it sticks. It's a waste of time. So you have to have some form of rest periods built in. That's on the left, person A who doesn't have any rest periods or no concept of why they're required. And then on the right, you have the person who, I'm gonna use a real classic example. You'll probably understand this if you've been in a commercial gym setting or you've trained in a rec center before. The leg press, this could be the 90 degree leg press where you press straight out, or it could be the 45 degree leg press where you're sitting down and you press the weights up on an angle. You've got old mate Harold who's sitting there, he's got a couple plates on the leg press and he's doing his reps, grunting, groaning, doing some half reps, half range of motion, making a big scene. And then he racks it, Whew, geez, they were tough. Whips out his phone, gets on social media, and scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, click on that. No, nah, didn't like that. Keep scrolling, scroll, 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 scroll. And Harold sits there on this machine, taking up one of the most common and popular pieces of machinery, and he proceeds to sit there, scrolling on his fucking phone, for three, four, or five minutes. Harold, you're in a gym. You're there to work, mate. Get yourself off the fucking machine. Let someone else have a go. So you've got you've got person A who has no rest periods, doesn't understand why they're actually important, and then you've got Harold over here who's taken absolute piss. He's on the 45 degree leg press, just having a great old time. Happy as Larry, just taking up the piece of machinery that you know five or six other people are probably sitting there staring at him. Like, are you going to get off your fucking phone? And then you've got everyone in between. But I do want to emphasize rest periods. Uh, they actually do play a role in a strength training program. And I wanna explain why. If your goal is to get stronger, you have to rest. This is done for a couple of physiological reasons, but I wanna put it in simple terms for you. I don't wanna go into the, the, the big science behind it. There is a scientific reason for this, but I just want you to think about it. There's two ways we can think about this. Think about a 100 meter runner, a sprinter, I'll take Usain Bolt, very easy example. Usain Bolt, fastest man in the world. 
Runs 100 meters in nine point something seconds, 9.4 maybe, something like that. Anyway, he is doing an all out effort, 100% max effort, amount of work, 9.4 however many seconds, okay? If you asked him to do that again, in about 30 seconds, no chance he would get close to that mark. No chance. In, ter in terms of world, you know, high level standards, he's not gonna get close to that 9.4. Impossible. He's working his absolute maximum capacity. Then you've got, let's say, Haile Gabra Selassie, who is a marathoner, Ethiopian man, runs ultra distances. He's running for hours. He's going at a nice slow pace, okay? If you ask him to do the same thing again, it's not gonna happen. He's working at a lower cadence, but he's working for a longer period of time. You have to kind of look at where you are on that spectrum. Lifting weights is somewhere kind of in the middle. Maybe you're doing a maximum effort exercise. Maybe you're doing a deadlift, one rep max, lifting the heaviest weight from the floor you possibly can. If you are to repeat that, you need a long amount of rest. Okay, that's the sprinter analogy. If, for example, you are doing more muscular endurance type work, let's say you're doing a couple sets of 20 or 25 reps, the weight is not as great. It's not, it's not as heavy, okay? So you might be able to repeat a set of 20 reps in, say, 30 or 60 seconds time because you are not working at your maximum capacity. So I'll use Haile uh, Gabriel Selassie again. Let's say he, he's accustomed to running you know, marathons, 42 kilometers. If he's doing some intervals of 400 meters, that is very sub-maximal. So maximal would be you know, 42.2 kilometers. That's his, um, that's his competition race. So if he's doing multiple sets of 400 meters, he's gonna recover pretty quickly. He could do his 400 meters at a pretty quick pace and recover in you know, about a minute and repeat that. Maybe he's doing, he might be doing 20 reps of 400 meters. It's eight Ks. You can see the differences there. Usain Bolt is at maximum capacity, full output, nine point something seconds. He needs a long time to recover and regenerate what he's called ATP, adenosine triphosphate, okay, which is used in maximal output. All right. He needs a long time to recover. Haile Gabriel Selassie is doing a sub-maximal effort, 400 meters, as opposed to his usual 42.2 kilometer race. He's gonna recover a lot quicker. Same thing for you in the gym. Are you doing a very heavy lift relative to your strength level? So your strength level, your deadlift, for example, might be 30 kilograms. Your deadlift might be 160 kilograms, or it might be somewhere in between. But you just, you need to relate this back to your current level. Is this exercise heavy for you, yes or no? If it is heavy, you're gonna need longer rest periods. If it's not heavy, if it's more moderate or lighter in terms of weight, your rest periods can probably come down. You'll be able to repeat that same effort fairly quickly. So a good guide is if the reps are fairly high, the rest is fairly low. If the reps are fairly low, then your rest period is fairly high. I hope that makes sense. It's an inverse relationship. If you're lifting heavy weights, long rest periods. If you're lifting light weights, short rest periods. And then obviously in the middle, if it's moderate weight, moderate rest periods. Okay, the next type of progressive overload principle we have is training density. 
So this would be where you complete more work in less time. So a common way that I like to input this with my clients is at the end of the training session where we complete a WOD, workout of the day. This is some type of a series of exercises, an exercise or a series of exercises. An example I'll give you is a, let's call it a five minute AMRAP. AMRAP stands for as many rounds as possible. So when I do these workouts of the day, um, I wanna just mention something quickly. This is not where we throw technique and form by the wayside to just get as much work and as much shit done as, uh, as possible, no. Technique is still the foundation upon which everything is built. So when we do this workout of the day, I'm, I'm looking for, I have really high standards. I don't let my clients get away with shit form. It's unacceptable. Let's say we've got a couple exercises, you're gonna go back to back. So let's say it's, for example, row 250 meters paired with 10 bodyweight squats. Five minutes, as many rounds as possible. Row 250, 10 squats. Row 250, 10 squats. You're trying to do as many rounds of that as possible in five minutes. The, the five minutes just counts down and you get through as much work as possible. Let's say you get three rounds. The next time you complete this workout of the day, you have to beat three rounds. So as you get stronger, as you get fitter, as you become more efficient, you're gonna be able to do more work in less time or in the same amount of time. So you still got this five minute block. Maybe you get three rounds plus 150 meters in. Fantastic, that's week two. Three rounds, 150 extra meters. And then on week three, you do the same workout of the day and you might get three rounds, 250 meters and three squats. Boom, you've just increased the work that you've completed in that five minute time period. There you go, progressive overload right there. Training density, more work done in the same or less time. There's just a couple of examples for you. Now, I wanna go a little bit more detailed and give you some actual specifics that you can use within a training program itself. Okay, so the first example I'm going to use is a dumbbell chest press. Now this comes off the back of a conversation I had with one of my clients, I was actually showing her, I was walking her through the program that we had outlined. So with my training programs, I have four week blocks. Week one, introduction to the exercises and the movements that we have on the plan. Week two, so we just set some initial um, base weights and reps to kind of shoot for. We understand the movement, we work on sort of perfecting it, and this is a starting block. Week two, we wanna try and beat what we did on week one. On week three, we wanna beat what we did on week two, and then on week four, that's the hard week. That's the tough one. You're trying to beat what you did in week three. So here's the example for you. If you have a pen and paper, this can actually be very useful for you to write down. So I'm gonna use this four week phase, this four week block of programming. Dumbbell chest press, you're lying flat on your back. So you're on a flat bench, you've got some dumbbells in your hands and you're doing a chest press, okay? Week one, you do three sets of 10 at 10 kilograms. The volume, so the total reps that you perform on week one, three times 10 is 30 reps. Now, the total load lifted, this is the amount of kilograms lifted total, is 300. Three times 10 is 30 reps. Yep, 30 times 10 kilograms equals 300. Then we have week two, three times 12 reps, still at 10 kilograms equals 36 reps of total volume. So you've done six extra reps. So we go 36 times 10 kilograms 
is 360 kilograms. So you see that progression now. We've did, we, did, we only did six extra reps, but you lifted an additional 60 kilos. Week three, three sets of 15 at 10 kilos. Gives us 45 reps, there's your volume, and the total load lifted is 450 kilograms. Week four is the hard week. Three sets, 20 reps, still on our 10 kilograms. 10 kilos each hand, okay? So your volume, three times 20, is 60 reps. 60 times 10 kilograms equals 600 kilos. So here we go. I'm gonna break this down even further so you can, you can see in black and white your progression. Week one, 30 reps. Week two, 36 reps. Week three, 45 reps. Week four, 60 reps. You have done double the amount of reps in four weeks. And therefore, you have also doubled the amount of load lifted. Week one, you lifted 300 kilos. Week two, you lifted 360. Week three, you lifted 450. And then on week four, you lifted 600 kilograms. And that's only on one exercise. And imagine if you have some form of progressive overload strategy for each exercise that you perform. Fuck, that's huge. This is, this is why I get excited about strength training. So I'm not asking you to climb the whole mountain. I'm not asking you to lift the 37 and a half kilo pair of dumbbells on day one. We'll build you to that. I'm not asking you to deadlift 150 kilograms today. We're gonna to build to that. But what we're looking for here is each week, can I do a little bit more than last week? So week one, you're doing 10. The next week, I just need two extra reps per set. That's it. Same weight, just give me two extra reps. On week three, can you give me three? We're going from 12 to 15. On week four, I'm gonna demand a lot from you. I'm gonna ask a lot for you. Can you give me an extra five reps? You might be able to give me five, maybe not. If you can't give me five, maybe we'll go three to five, but you're still making an improvement. You're still increasing the volume and the total load lifted. So I hope that makes sense. It's when you actually write this down and you think about these numbers, it's like shit, I actually made a lot of progress only in four weeks. And then if you do the same thing for your next program and your next program and your next program. So instead of wanting this overnight success, this instant fucking transformation, how about you just keep showing up to the gym and just hit the numbers that are on your program? If you do that, you're gonna make progress and you're gonna make a lot more progress than you think you are. And you don't have to do it all at once. There's a saying from a guy I follow in the States, uh, John Wellborn. But making progress is like moving dirt. Some days you get a teaspoon, some days you get a shovel. But the goal remains the same. Move some dirt. You might be using a teaspoon, maybe you feel shit, maybe you don't feel motivated, maybe you don't feel inspired to go to the gym. That's okay, go anyway, grab your teaspoon, get your reps, get a couple extra reps, move a bit of dirt. And then on the days you do feel highly energized, highly motivated, to train the house down. You're gonna grab your shovel and you're gonna move a shitload of dirt, okay? So that's one way that we can progress is by increasing work capacity and time under tension. You're making your muscles work for longer by completing more reps. Now there's another example that I wanted to go through. There's two main ones. That was the first example. The second example I wanna talk about is more about building maximal strength. So, maximal strength is the heaviest load that you can possibly lift. 
okay? So if we, if we think about maximum output, Usain Bolt, for example, he's 9.4 seconds, we'll call it. That's his maximum output, all right? I wanna find out where's your maximum output. And this generally comes back to the big lifts, our compound movements. Generally, it's the big three or four, squat, bench press, deadlift, or some variation of these exercises. Basically, we're looking at exercises which allow you to lift a heavy amount of weight. So the example for this is the barbell deadlift. It might be a rack pull, it might be using a trap bar, it doesn't matter, but I'm gonna use the barbell deadlift. That is basically, if you're not familiar with the deadlift, you have a barbell on the floor, you have some plates on the side, and you pick the bar up off the ground using your legs and your hips. Here we go. Week one of your barbell deadlift. These are arbitrary numbers, but it's very, very easy and simple to understand. And again, if you have a pen and paper, write this down as I go through it. Week one, four sets of five reps. This is where you would probably have your long rest periods, two to three minutes, by the way, okay? Four sets of five reps at 100 kilograms gives you a volume of 12, uh, 20 reps, pardon me. Four times five equals 20 reps, there's your volume. 20 reps times 100 kilos gives you a total load lifted of 2,000 kilograms. It's a lot of kilograms, it's a lot of weight. Week two, four sets of four at 105 kilograms. So I have decreased a rep, so we've gone from four sets of five to four sets of four, so there's one rep less, but we're lifting 105 kilograms this time. So four times four is 16 reps, there's your volume. 16 times 105 equals 1,680 kilograms. So this number actually goes down. And I'm gonna explain why that's important at the end. Week three, four sets of three reps. So we've dropped another rep and I'm making you lift heavier again at 110 kilograms. So the volume now decreases even further. 12 reps, so 12 times 110 equals 1,320 kilograms. And then week four, we have the heaviest week of all, or of this program, I should say, four sets of two at 115 kilograms. Gives you eight reps and a total load lifted of 920 kilograms. So you might be sitting there thinking, shit, you're actually lifting less weight. On week one, the total load lifted was 2,000 kilograms. Week four, you're only lifting 920. So you might be thinking, fuck, am I going backwards? No. In terms of building work capacity, so the fitness and the cardiovascular demand and your ability to do work in time, yeah, sure, the numbers go down. But in terms of building maximal strength, your ability to lift the heaviest load possible, you have improved. You've gone from 100 kilos on week one to 115 kilos. So everything below that 115 kilos now becomes easier because your maximum strength levels have increased. So you have to decide, what are you training for? What is your priority? What is your goal? Because it's not necessarily about saying which one of these styles is better. They're just different. And over the years, I've actually, I basically pick and choose methods and principles and styles of training for all of the best coaches in the world. I have basically made an amalgamation of all of these different styles of training to get the best results possible for my clients. So we do all of these different types of training. We lift heavy weights for low reps. We lift moderately to heavy weights 
for medium amounts of reps. And we also do some high rep work with low to moderate weights. So we get all of these benefits. You get really fucking strong, so your maximum strength levels go up. You increase hypertrophy, so that is an increase in muscle size and muscle mass. So if you're listening to this and you wanna build muscle or become more defined or leaner, you need muscle to display. If you don't have muscle, what are you going to display? You're not gonna have a lot of definition. You're not gonna have lines. You're not gonna have that sculpted kind of look, yeah? But we also need something that's gonna push you in terms of doing high reps. Can you persevere and stay focused and keep your attention to detail doing a 20 set of squats with weight? Body weight's fine, but can you do it loaded when you're fatigued? So one isn't necessarily better than the other. They're just different. But my advice to you is this. You want to lift the heaviest weights at the start of your session. So this is where you need to think about those big compound exercises. When you walk into the gym, when you walk in for your training, that is as close to 100% as you're ever going to be in this training session. Whenever you start doing something, whether it's just your warm up or you know after, after your warm, whenever you start putting any other weights in your hands, you are getting further away from your 100%. When you walk through the door, you're fresh, or you're as close to being fresh as possible. So it's very important that you do these things at the front of your session, not at the end when you're fatigued, not when you're tired. You're not gonna build strength there, you're gonna get injured. So your heavy squats, your heavy bench presses, your heavy deadlifts, your heavy pulls, you wanna do those when you're as close to 100% as possible. Everything after those big lifts should, st should start working then on building muscle mass, so that's your hypertrophy, that's your kind of middle rep ranges, moderate to heavy uh, weights. You should be working on developing work capacity. So that's where I talked about before is, you know, that dumbbell chest press, getting some more reps in, increasing the total weight lifted over those three sets as the example. That's what you're looking for. And it's also bringing up weak areas of your body. So let's say for example, your grip always gives out. You do deadlifts, and your grip always gives out. Or well, maybe that's an area you need to work on. Maybe you need a bit of direct grip training. Or maybe, for example, it is the deadlift, and maybe your grip's fine, but maybe your lower back is just struggling. Maybe your lower back is always fatigued and sore. Well, maybe you need to work on actually engaging and developing your core, your midsection, developing a strong trunk, doing a bit of core work, planks, all of the different plank variations. I, I use 20 plus plank variations because planks can get pretty boring pretty quickly. But it's doing things like that, that are gonna help stabilize your midsection and your torso when you're lifting that heavy bar. So you have to figure out where will your time in the gym and your efforts best be served. And this is just, once again, bringing awareness to your current body are you currently very strong or are you very weak? Do you need to work on maximal strength for a little bit? Are you out of breath at the end of a set of five? Do you need to work on improving your work capacity and a bit of conditioning? Only you know the answer to this. I can help you if you need an assessment to figure out what would have the biggest impact. Absolutely, that's I can do that. That's not That's not an issue. I'd love to do that. But you need to figure out where your time is going to best be served. Where are you gonna get your best return on the training? Do you need to work on heavy lifting? Do you need to work on actually just getting comfortable and confident 
in lifting weights. So maybe it's not lifting super heavy, but maybe it's just getting some reps under your belt and practicing. So <laughs> ladies, sorry, I'm gonna pick on you again. Doing the tricep kickbacks with those pretty little two or three kilos just to feel the burn may not be the best use of your time. Maybe you need to spend a bit of time just getting strong as fuck. Maybe you need some moderately heavy dumbbells and maybe you need to do some of that chest pressing or floor pressing or overhead pressing where you can actually move a considerable amount of weight or at least something heavier than those couple kilos in hands doing kickbacks just so you could feel the burn. Maybe you just need to get stronger. Getting stronger is never a bad idea, by the way. All right. One of the last points I want to encourage and impart to you is this. Keep a training journal, keep a diary. Write down what you do every single training session. And the reason I say this is because most people, they think they're just gonna remember it. I can't remember what I had for, for dinner 14 days ago, let alone what I did for training. So this is where you need to write it down, record it, track it, measure it, to ensure that you make some type of progress. So maybe you did lunges last week. How many did you do? How many each side? Was it a forwards lunge or was it a backwards lunge? Was it a step through lunge where you went from forward straight to back? I don't know. Write this stuff down. Keep a training day, keep a journal, print off your training programs. That's the only way you're, you're going to know if you're improving or not, is to see what you did last week, what you did the week before, and are you improving upon that week after week? And by the way, I wanted to explain this last piece because it's an important part that doesn't really get discussed. You performing an exercise with better technique is progress. So let's take, for example, that dumbbell chest press where you're lying down on a bench and you've got dumbbells in your hands, some hand weights, and you're pressing. Maybe on the first week, they're wobbling all over the place. Maybe you're flying around like a leaf in the breeze. If you do those next week and they're wobbling less, so they're more stable, more in control, and you're doing them with more confidence, that is a form of progression, my friend. So you need to make note of that as well. It is about getting stronger over time, yes. It is about increasing work capacity and doing more reps and being able to handle a higher workload, yes. But don't forget the technique aspect. I remember when I started doing some new exercises, I sucked at them. And you probably will too. If you get asked to do an exercise you've never done before, just go in there with the mindset, I'm gonna suck at this. But also have in your head, that's okay. I'm gonna learn a lot from doing this new exercise. I'm gonna improve coordination and I'm going to get more benefits from a neurological perspective, okay? So that means just developing mind to muscle connections through the body. And it means when you do enough reps, you're gonna feel less clunky. The weights are gonna feel less wobbly and you get better and you get more progress and you build confidence. And that's how you build confidence in the gym, period. It's by spending time in there and getting reps under your belt. So the last thing I kind of want to leave you guys with is this. Your body, the human body as an organism is an adaptable machine. It will build itself stronger and more resilient over time. That's why we've, we've survived for, for such a long period of time. That's why we are at the top of the food chain. That's why we can think for ourselves. That's why we can reflect on what we've done and improve. That's why you no longer travel around on horses because we found a better way, a better mode of transportation. 
And that's why humans can go and do unremarkable feats of strength, climb up mountains in shorts. I, I recently watched a, uh, a series on uh, Amazon. It's called the Eco Challenge, where these teams of four people were trekking around Fiji on like minimal, like no sleep, minimal food, like days on end. They had like bugger all sleep. This is why we can do these things is because your body will adapt to whatever you give it. So if you don't give it anything, if you don't give it a stimulus, if you don't give it some form of stress, some form of resistance to overcome, you're going to get weaker. The muscles will atrophy. They will waste away and you'll become weak, unfit, lazy and fat. But if you do the opposite, if you expose your body to some form of challenge, some form of obstacle, some form of resistance, strength training, hint, hint. If you start using the progressive overload, hint, hint, you will become leaner, stronger, more resilient because your body is designed to do that. It's designed to work hard and it's designed to be challenged. That's how people improve and change their bodies. It doesn't happen by somebody sprinkling fairy dust over your shoulder. It doesn't happen by seeing a fucking unicorn. It happens by you putting yourself through these situations and through these reps over time. Nothing else. So you can see how kind of passionate I am about this subject. I've been doing this for such a long time and it's really simple stuff for me, but you need to actually go through this stuff firsthand. You can't just keep reading about it. You can't just keep clicking on these articles and these programs and think, oh, I'd like to do that. I'd love to be able to do what that person does. You can. All you have to do is practice. Just get yourself through the door and start small. Start with the, the lowest hanging fruit. What is the smallest thing you can do that you feel comfortable with? Or at least willing to give a go. Do that. Start there, all right? But don't be, you don't have to be a dickhead and do something you're not capable of though. I never advise that. Only do what you feel comfortable and confident with. So I always encourage my clients, I ask them if there is a heavy weight that they haven't attempted before, I'll look them in the eye, I'll say, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel confident to lift that weight? If there's hesitation, if there is a pause, if there is a sense of, I don't think I can lift this, We'll have a bit of a, a pep talk to see if I can encourage and find ways to amp this person up so they can get the most out of it and become the most efficient lifter possible to lift that weight off the ground. But if they don't feel comfortable or confident to lift the weight, they're probably not going to lift it. So you don't have to do that. If you do not feel confident before a set, you're probably not going to lift that weight. So don't do it. That's where people get injured. What you do in the gym and with the weights should be challenging but not impossible. If you can remember that, you will go a long way. Some people challenge themselves too far and their technique breaks down and there is a lack of humility to actually step back and say, hey, I lost my form. I need to decrease the weight, build it back up. Okay, so you need to find that balance of pushing yourself, but also keeping your technique where it needs to be. Never Never sacrifice technique for weight. This will only lead you to poor biomechanics, how you perform an exercise, which you will later then have to untrain. Or worse, you get injured. And I've seen both. I've worked with people who come in and they've been training for years and I'll ask them to do a push up or a squat. And I'll think to myself, fucking hell. Whew. Got a bit of work to do. Gonna have to change this, 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 and this. And that's okay, I'm, I'm happy to do that. That's why I, I take pride in what I do. Because I, 
I work on those last couple percent points, percentage points of performance. Because if you're not doing things right, if you're not doing them to the best of your ability, you're leaving your results on the table. You're, you're making the process of getting results longer than it needs to be. But at worst, you could get injured. And that's something that I don't want you to go through. I've been through enough injuries. I've seen enough people get injured and hurt themselves that uh, you need to do whatever it is you can to prevent that from happening. And the best way you can do that is by using the best technique possible. Not average form, not, ah, that'll do. No, no, you should be able to think at the end of the set, that was awesome. I did really well there. I did the best technique that I possibly can at this point in time. And as you practice, as you get more reps under your belt, your technique will continue to improve. Do things the right way, but also push yourself. Challenge yourself, see what you're made of. See how far you can push yourself without sacrificing your technique. Because nobody else can do the work or your reps for you. You can't hire somebody to go and do your gym work for you. You can't hire somebody to go and lift those weights for you. You can't hire somebody, you can't pay somebody to go and do what you need to do. It's on you to make that progress happen. One rep, one day at a time. It's a bit of a longer podcast for you guys. A lot of information. If you get stuck, if you don't know where to turn, listen to the episode again. Figure out what do I need to do to make progress? Do I need to do more reps? Do I need to increase the weight? Do I need to tinker around with the rest periods? Or maybe it's a combination. And maybe there's there's going to be different things for different exercises. Like I said, you want to stick to the big compound movements, get the most out of those, and then you can kind of sprinkle in the other stuff around that. So I hope that makes sense. I really enjoy talking about programming and how to get the most out of strength work because it's something I'm really passionate about. It's a very simple process, but don't mistake simple for easy. Couple reps, couple extra kilos, add that up week after week across the year because as listeners as listeners of the wake up call, we do not fall into the 21 or 28 day challenges or shiny object syndrome of going from program to program to program. We stick to one process and one path and we see it through. And we challenge ourselves and we get better. That's what we are about. That is the mission of what we do here at the Wake Up Call. We push ourselves and we're striving to get better. So I hope it makes sense. If it does, I ask that you pay the fee. I ask that you share this to somebody who needs to hear this information because it's very simple and it makes a lot of impact on one's life, but only if you put in the necessary action. So I appreciate you listening, guys. It's been 42 minutes thereabouts. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, I want to hear from you guys. Let me know. Did you put any of this stuff into practice? What progress did you see? How many more kilos did you lift? How many more reps did you perform? How much stronger are you getting? Keep me posted on social media. I am at FullerSC on Instagram and Fuller Strength and Conditioning on Facebook, F-U-L-L-A, Strength and Conditioning. All right, thanks for listening, guys. I'll chat to you soon for another episode. Until then, have a good one. If you loved the Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.